everybody, and welcome to Life Wives for Life, a conversational podcast where three best friends talk about life and stuff. And they're fish! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done this in a while, so I forgot what her line was. <laughs> True fact. All right. Also technologically distracted. That's fair. Um, welcome to our sixth episode of Life Wives for Life. Woo-hoo. We are... On a beautiful island right now, Saturn mm. Island of the Gulf Islands, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But first, let's say I'm Lindsay, and I am two beers in to this day, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Also, I'm wearing pajamas. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm also wearing pajamas, and it's a great decision for the day. I'm Nicole. I am a cider and a half in. I am sick, but cider helps because it's just like apple juice. Um, and I'm also in my pajamas, and I'm wrapped in a comforter on the couch with my two best friends and my fish. So I'm feeling pretty much as good as a sick person can, and I'm glad I don't sound sick, because otherwise this would be a really interesting podcast. Indeed. True fact. But it's a a good opportunity to say I might sniffle a lot, and have a really awesome, gross, blowing of the nose situation. I'm pretty Maybe sure like, we can edit that out. Uh, Worn before, gross blowing of the nose. Yeah, okay. I'll do that. The, uh, the picking up of the Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Kleenex is over there. <laughs> I'd have to get up, walk all the way over there. <sighs> anyway, this is scintillating so far. So much! <laughs> so let's get down to business. <gasps> to defeat the Huns? Yes. <laughs> yes! So we have a kind of generic podcast, less um, segments today, because mainly the thing we're going to talk about is where we're at, Saturna Island, and why we're here. So, Nicole, take it away. Well, Lindsay, we're here because this evening we are hosting in partnership with another organization that all three of us are involved in, which is the Saturna Island Marine Research and Education Society which we call Simras for short, so that's what we will say for the rest of this podcast. Um, Simras and Whale Tales, which I'm coming back to, are hosting the third annual Whale Tales Storytelling Night Extravaganza event, Sea Talk Awesome Time. <laughs> that's, that's the official name. <laughs> I did some jazz heads, but that is not helpful on a podcast. Not helpful on a podcast. Anyway, so we are here uh, for an evening of storytelling all about people's encounters with cetaceans. Sarah, Mm. as our resident biologist who is a biologist on a podcast and in real life, (laughs) could you please tell our listeners what a cetacean is? Sure. Cetaceans are a group of mammals that live in the ocean. This includes whales, dolphins, and porpoises. Ooh. And some live in rivers. Yes, yeah, some live in rivers, but mostly oceans. True. Anarchy. Anarchy. Cetaceans are pretty nifty animals. They are not closely related to much of anything in the rest of the mammal world. And yeah, we're big fans of cetaceans here mm-hmm. at Life Wives for Life. But if you go back on their phylogenetic tree, they're related to ungulates. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Also wolves long, long ago. Yeah. And like bats. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah. And they're pronounced cetacean, not cetacean, or crustacean, as I heard this week, Ooh. which was a whole <laughs> other thing. Like, yeah, nope. Yeah. Also a correct pronunciation of a different word, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Cetacean. Does anybody actually know what cetacean means? No idea. Nope. 
But it's easier to say cetacean and explain what you're saying yes. instead of saying whales, dolphins, and porpoises because then you can backtrack and say that whales, that dolphins are whales because they're toothed whales and porpoises are whales because they're toothed whales and but uh, also killer whales are dolphins but dolphins are in the whale family and uh, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're super fun. And then there's baleen whales. Mm-hmm. Which are just weird. Yeah. At least the baleen whales are just baleen whales. Yeah. Except yes. you can call them rorquals. Yeah. I don't think I said that right but whatever. Oh yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce that word but it's a good word. We'll put it in the show notes yeah. so you can also make an attempt at pronouncing it. Regardless, uh, we are, yes, all big fans of cetaceans. Obviously, we're, we're just had a five-minute conversation <laughs> about the taxonomic differences. Well, and that's us being really, like, holding ourselves back. Because we yeah. can have a whole podcast about the correct <laughs> Latin terminology and... Taxonomy and evolution. We probably have a whole, yeah, a whole show, not just yeah, an not episode. Just an episode. Like a whole show. <laughs> I don't think anyone would listen to that one. <laughs> well... I'm thinking about doing, uh, for my fictional biology podcast, Nature Finds a Way, plug, sorry. It's awesome! <laughs> um, I'm thinking about doing a Star Trek for the voyage home, but with the whales. Yes! Whale episode. Yeah, yeah, so, That was filmed with the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Our favorite aquarium in the world! Woo! Anyways, we want to... Okay, back to, uh... Talk about why we're talking about cetaceans. Yeah, why are we talking about cetaceans? So we really like cetaceans, so much so... That the first organization, the three of us, I feel like we're part of a lot of organizations, yeah, the three of us. Anyway, we like cetaceans so much, you may say that we love cetaceans. <gasps> I love dolphins. Me too. Me three. Oh Let's be best friends. Okay. Um, we love them so much that we started an organization called Whale Tales Together. Mm-hmm. And Whale Tales is an organization whose main goal is to share and collect and then share again stories about cetaceans. Now these are true stories, not fictional stories, that's a whole other thing. Um, but the big point was we wanted to create a an online library where people who like cetaceans, like we do, could go and read the stories that don't get published in scientific journals, the stories that aren't necessarily of interest to researchers, but that mean a lot to the people who actually care about the individuals within different populations, or the kind of interesting things that small populations of these different cetaceans actually do, like various behaviors they have and cool things that people have noticed them doing. The main point is that these stories are collected from anyone, anywhere. You do not have to be a researcher in order to have your story saved in the Whale Tales Library. And it's a really empowering thing to think about that, you know, something that you as a 15-year-old girl standing on a beach see could be read by another 15-year-old girl across the world who is really, really curious about the animals that you see in your backyard all of the time. Mm-hmm. So we started this organization three years ago? Well, we started planning it three years ago. Yes. We launched, we launched it, it two, two years ago. Yeah. And um, it's been an incredible experience to work with uh, our life wives, yeah. <laughs> my life wives, since I'm the one talking, um, on something that means so much to us. Whales is really what brought us together in the first place, and our love of whales specifically. 
and to share that and to see it grow and we have how many instagram followers now for whale tales like twelve thousand. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah from this little thing that we started literally in our uh living room yeah <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome very awesome Lindsay, where can people get more information about whale tales? Well, we'll obviously have the tags in the show notes, but you can go to whale-tales, T-A-L-E-S, dot org um, for, to read all of the um, stories that we have on there. And you will also find our social media on that, but you can also, we'll also tag social media on our Life Life social media. It's all pretty simple, whaletales.org on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, follow us. You can see we put up lots of different stories and news reports about whales in the world, as well as links to our stories back to the website and many, many gorgeous, gratuitous, um, in a good way, photos of whales. Yes. So many. So many photos of whales. Which we are, we're incredibly lucky that people have been so supportive of whale tales. So we've got a number of friends because we live in beautiful British Columbia where there just happened to be. A few whales. Yep. Five um, or six every now and then. Right? And we have <laughs> a number of friends who work out in the whale communities, uh, various researchers or whale watch organizations or conservation research organizations, whatever it happens to be. We have a number of friends who've been really supportive of the project and who uh, continue to donate not just their stories, but also their incredible pictures. Mm -hmm. And we've grown outside of British Columbia to not just the rest of Canada, but into the United States, into Australia, New Zealand, um, kind of Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, Scotland. Um, Sweden. Yeah. (laughs) Tonga, like really, really weird yeah. places. Yeah, and um, it's great to read stories from people who are like us, just big cetacean nerds, and are curious mm-hmm. about the sort of mundane to maybe the rest of the world, but really, really interesting to our sort of people, uh, stories of the lives of cetaceans. Yeah, definitely. It's really, really awesome. Yeah. So tonight, in partnership with Samras, Uh, whose goal is really just to raise awareness of ocean literacy and uh, ocean conservation and research projects going on specifically in the Salish Sea, uh, so in and around the Gulf Islands of British Columbia and also the Gulf Islands of the United States, because geography is weird and we're sort of in the U.S. and Canada at the same time when we're in the Gulf Islands. Meh. We get along most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) Um, Simrez organizes what they call sea talks, usually once a month over the summer-ish months, like April-ish to October-ish, depending on what the weather is doing. Uh, And the sea talks feature different researchers for island residents to come and hear from what's going on in the world of the Salish Sea. So we, this is our third sea talk where Whale Tales and Simris are coming together. We have a featured storyteller who is going to be sharing stories from her work in the past, I think, 15 yeah, years or so yeah. of, uh, of her marine biology work all over the world, really. And then uh, our favorite part of the event is we get to hear from the residents of Saturna Island and some of their favorite whale stories. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Me yeah. too. Yeah. All right. So... That's what we're doing today, and we've done it before. We've done some other sea talks before with Simmeres, and we've done some other whale tales events other places, and yeah, just if you have a whale story, 
come on over and share it with us, big or small. Um, all whale stories are really cool to a lot of people. Yeah. And I love hearing about everybody's stories, whether they see them every day or whether they've seen them for the first time in their life or anything. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's been really, really cool about whale tales is talking to people who have this fascinating story that they don't think anyone else wants to hear. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, because they aren't a researcher or because they they didn't go to university even. Yeah. And so they're like, well, what I see out of my backyard, literally, sometimes, sometimes. where there are whales in their backyards, actual backyards, um, no one wants to hear that. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. And that's complete baloney. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. So yeah. that's been really, really cool. We love hearing them, and I think it's also important for people to realize that whales aren't just, like, yes, they are wild animals, but that doesn't mean that they don't have an impact or a relevance to where people actually live. They're not just over there. They're not an over there problem. They're a right here problem, like protecting whales in the ocean. Yeah. 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 And then, again, a lot of people spend most of their lives not being able to see whales because of where they live or whatever Mm -hmm. happens, but so many people just... Because of where they live, they're lucky enough to see whales every day, and it's just it's like it's kind of like how we see raccoons mm-hmm. or scorpions or, or squirrels, Canadian geese, Canadian geese like, <laughs> every day. Obviously, bald eagles is a really bald good eagles, example. Yes, like we see bald eagles all the time. You know, because we live in the city, we're near the park, so there's a lot of people that we like to kind of giggle at when they're taking mm-hmm. photos of raccoons or squirrels, but. If we went to their country, we would be doing the exact same thing, and it's very similar to whales. People yeah. see whales every day because of where they live, but then there's the person in wherever who's not on the coast, who's never has had the opportunity yet to go to the coast to see the whales, who just wants to hear about them and yeah. is absolutely in love with whales. So, yeah, we just want to get the stories out there. Isn't spread indeed. the love, spread and the whale then love. spread protection. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. spread it. That's weird. <laughs> Spread your love. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on to well, kind of. This is a, a mini Canadiana section. Oh, Canada. Nicole, do you want to explain to the world what the Gulf Islands are? Maybe we'll never have to do it again when we tell people where we're going. Oh goodness! <laughs> if only that were true. <laughs> The Gulf Islands are, okay, the best way to describe the Gulf Islands is that when you look at a map of North America and you see Canada, which is there, because yep. <laughs> depending on where you went to school, apparently some maps just cut Canada out, and that's why some people think that Alaska is an island. <laughs> Long story. Yep. 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 Uh, but someone we know really did think that Alaska was an island. <laughs> It took a lot of convincing, like so much convincing that you get to the point where you're like, am I wrong? <laughs> am I just totally losing my mind? Is Alaska an island? And you're like, no, Lizzie. No. Stop it. Alaska's not an island. <laughs> so when you look at this map and Canada's on it, most people can find Vancouver Island. And uh, that's the main yeah. 
island where our capital of our province is. Victoria is on there. It's a little bit confusing because it's Vancouver Island, but Victoria is on it. But Vancouver is not the capital of British Columbia. And Vancouver is not on Vancouver Island. No. So there's all Um, kinds of confusion already. And if you haven't noticed it before, it's the biggest island along the west coast of North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about dead center. Yeah. North-south. Yeah. So most people can find Vancouver Island on a map if asked. What you usually don't see on that same map is that between Vancouver Island and the mainland of British Columbia, there are literally over a hundred other islands. They're just really small. So they don't show up on that big map of North America. So people who come to Vancouver and want to go to Victoria, if they've already figured out that Vancouver is not on Vancouver Island, which does take some time. Um, they're very surprised to learn that the water they look across to see the land from Vancouver, that land that they're looking at across the water is not Vancouver Island. It is one of many of what are called the Gulf Islands that... Or sometimes it's also Washington. Yeah, sometimes it's just really (laughs) confused people. Um, it's really, really hard to see Vancouver Island from Vancouver. Very, very hard. (laughs) So what you would do is whether you are traveling by sea or by air to get from Vancouver to Victoria, you would travel over or through the Gulf Islands. Some of them would be the Canadian Gulf Islands. Some of them would be the American Gulf Islands because Victoria is significantly further south and kind of like into... The American border. (laughs) It's weird. Our whole area of the world is weird when it comes to us in the United States. The border's not a straight line. No, it's definitely not. It jags a lot. Um, And it's really, really interesting because, therefore, both the B.C. provincial ferry system and the Washington state ferry system uh, actually have to work together to develop all of their guidelines because both ferries travel through each other's country's waters constantly. Um, so those sort of operating principles have to be international. Mm-hmm. Oh, Similarly to a lot of the whale research. Because yeah. the southern resident killer whales and all the other whales we find off our coast don't get fly. No. <laughs> there, there's a border. That when in the morning they're in Canada and in the afternoon they're in America. But if you're going to go do research on them, you have to have permits for both countries, which... Sucks. Yep. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I've heard stories of people whose like pile of permitting paperwork is like as tall as they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and uh, all the awesome hexacopter drone work that's happening. Those are yeah. the famous lines that the paperwork weighs more than the drone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, paper's heavy, man. It's <laughs> also true. That sounded really deep. <laughs> paper's heavy, man. <laughs> Dude. Uh, it's the day quill. It's having an effect on me. <laughs> anyway, so we are, to get back to the point, we are on the southernmost Canadian Gulf Island. True. Uh, it is called Saturna Island. I have absolutely no idea where the name comes from mm-hmm. now that I'm but thinking But it's about not it. Saturn. No. My iPhone. Autocorrect. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's Saturna. Um, it is the traditional territory of over 19 different Coast Salish First Nations. And uh, it's part of Saturna Island is part of the Gulf Islands National Park Reserve. Mm-hmm. It also has the tallest mountain of the Gulf Islands? I think so. Mount yeah. Waterburn Pike. 
Westerburn Pike? Warburton Pike. Warburton Pike. Thanks, Sarah. He was uh, an early European adventurer who set up shop here before going on the Yukon Gold Rush. Mm. Apparently he did not strike it rich. Sad. But he got a mountain named after him. He did. It's a really pretty mountain, too. And uh, Saturna is, I think I can speak for all of us, to say it's our happy place. Mm -hmm. We are currently looking out a window on the east side of Saturna Island, and we can see Vancouver. Which is ridiculous, (laughs) because it took us five and a half, uh, nope, from when I left my house, six and a half hours to get here yesterday. Yes, the traveling to this beautiful piece of paradise is a little bit... Terrible. Yeah, a little bit troublesome. But that just makes it worth it. Yeah, and also makes it quiet and yeah. chill and not overdeveloped. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. So we're looking out across the water, across the Strait of Georgia, at Vancouver, and can't see another house or living soul. Well, there's people on that boat, because oh. the boat's moving. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I can't see the people. That's Yeah, but I can't see them. They're not going to bother me. It, no. I feel... So calm yeah. and at peace <laughs> when I am here. And lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is awesome. It's the best. We're literally in a cabin that's in a forest on, at the top of a little hill above a beach. <laughs> on and the it's ocean. like a gray day, but it's, it's pretty beautiful. gorgeous. We yeah. will put up a picture. I just took one already. Fantastic. Good. I'm okay. on top of the ball. You are. Um... Good balancing. Something that was super important to say. Oh, yes. Speaking of the weather, Saturna and the southern Gulf Islands are a Mediterranean climate. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah. But they can grow olives here. It has to do with the rain shadow. Yep. Which I know what it's called, but I don't really understand it. it (laughs) Something about mountains and clouds. Mountains. But yes, uh, they grow olives and really good wine. Really good wine. Hey. Podcaster listeners, if there's anyone out there with $9 million wants to buy a vineyard. Probably some more than probably that. Probably more than that now. Could to actually run the winery. There's a vineyard for sale with some really good grapes. It was our favorite, it was our favorite wine yeah. until the vineyard closed. <sighs> so but we did suck up. And there's some in the cellar. Yeah. It's a true fact. Um, but then, yeah, I think there's also, I don't know, did somebody grow lemons or oranges? Not here, but in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And then there's lots of fruit yeah. growing. Yeah, there's lots of fruit. There's like a couple smallish farms here. There's not like a huge amount of production because I think there's only 290 or 300 or so yeah, residents on like the island. Like In the year round. In the yeah. summer, because there's a lot of vacation homes. On yeah. It goes up to like 2,000. Yeah. yeah. No, but like in terms yeah. of people who have, have their primary residence yes. here. Who would have a Yeah, there's about 300. Farms. And yeah. there, I would bet, they're average age is somewhere around <laughs> 72. Yep. 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 Probably yeah. not. Yep. I believe you. We've, we've met lots of um, extra like great uncles and grandpas mm-hmm. and <laughs> delightful people here over the years. They yeah. are lovely. Yeah. And uh, we just feel really, really lucky to be here. Yeah. And it feels very uh, like we should be in a Hudson's Bay ad. Yep. When we're back here. To our theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it feels very lumberjack country and very West Coast Canadian. Very, I wouldn't say yeah. very Canadian, yeah, but, but very, very, very West, West Coast. Coast. Especially because this place is covered in Arbutus trees. So many. Yeah. Which Arbutus are the best tree. Arbutus and cedars. Yeah. yeah. 
There's not many other trees, really. Nope. And, and deer. And deer. Oh, so many deer. And oh, I watched we, a river otter collect twigs for its nest this morning. Lindsay and I some, saw some kind of pine marten. pine marten or some oh, kind of small muscle. It was not a river otter. It was too little. Its tail was. Aww, and it was very floofy. It was very floofy and it jumped. It yeah. cavorted. Yes. It was cute. It was over there. Yeah. Aww. And <laughs> yeah. Speaking of tiny fluffy things. Yeah. Can you give us a little update on uh, who's on your shoulder. Hi, Charlie. Yeah. He's cute. He's been with me again this week. But he's going home with Lindsay after he's today. Not. He's going with Sarah. Oh, he's going home with Sarah after this weekend. Excited. That's very exciting. Are you excited, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, Charlie's very excited. Um, Charlie and I had, yet again, many adventures this week because May and June are my crazy months of the year. So it's just been super fun. Um, we were in Victoria-ish. For the day on Monday. We didn't actually leave the ferry terminal, but we were technically <laughs> out there in, so I guess we were in Sydney. Um, and that was super fun. Mm-hmm. And Charlie got to ride the ferry there and back. And then Charlie went camping. Again. Uh-huh. And this time he camped not in a glamping tent situation, like cabin slash tent thing. He camped in... A car with me. <laughs> a beast of a car that Jan and I have for camping together. It is a nine-seater Suburban. <laughs> yes, that's correct. It seats nine. <laughs> and it still has tons of trunk space. You take it to prom. Yes, we could. It's really, really awesome. But the seats all fold down, like, completely collapse. It's old, too. It's, like, all... I think it's 23 years old. Um... And the seats all collapse down flat and you can fit a double-sized mattress in the back. So Charlie and I went and we took a full mattress. <laughs> it was obviously mostly Charlie. Obviously. obviously. He's such a hog. And uh, we slept in a campground right outside of the Tawasan Ferry Terminal. And then he came to Saturna. Mm-hmm. And Before we all came to Saturna, yeah. because I was on Saturna for work on Thursday. Yep. And True. then he came back to Vancouver and out to Fort Langley for the day, and then to the ferry terminal to meet up with his other moms, and then all the life wives and Charlie came to Saturna, and now we are together again. Yay! It's a ridiculous adventure, Charlie. Yep. Ridiculous. He's very tired. He is very tired. Yeah. He used to rest up this week. Yeah. The next weekend is a big one. Yay! It's an important weekend next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening next weekend, Sarah. I don't know. It's a surprise. Oh. <laughs> that was me catching Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie is no longer my responsibility. He no, is no, Sarah's. No. Much pressure. Yep. <laughs> I don't think Charlie... Has Charlie ever been home with you? Yeah, he has. But not for a long time. And not very often. He's very dirty. Yeah. But there is no point in cleaning him until after... Next weekend. Yeah. I'm mostly just taking cat hairs off to reduce the amount of cat hair that I take to my house. <laughs> my cats really love it when Charlie comes home with me because he's like their brother. That <laughs> so they try to eat? No, they don't. He, they don't try to eat no, him. They, they cuddle with him. It smells like fish. No, yeah, I know. It's like Nicole. <laughs> I just need to keep him away from my parents' dog if I end up going over there. Hooray, Ray! Because he has a tendency to destroy stuffed animals. Yes. No. Bad. Charlie can't be destroyed. No, no, he won't get destroyed. So that is where in the world has Charlie been mm-hmm. today? 
this week. This okay, so recommendations. Ooh, I get to go Sarah first. Gammon. Okay, I am recommending this week a show that's on Netflix, and it's called Bletchley Circle. And I think it's from 2012. It is an English show, and it is about women who worked in the code-breaking department Ooh. at Bletchley Park, which if you've seen the movie... Imitation Game? Imitation Game, thank you. With Cumberbatch. With uh, Benedict Cumberbatch about Alan Turing, um, that was Bletchley Park. And so that's where they um, broke the um, German code using crazy like computer precursors. So some very, very smart people were there. A lot of them were women, which doesn't really get talked about, but there was a huge contribution of women, um, especially in the sort of like the grinding through and like looking at immense volumes of data looking for patterns. There was a huge number of women that were really involved with that. Um, and so Bletchley Circle is then about a group of women about in like the early 50s, like 1952, 1953. So after the war, um, they're, some of them are married. The sort of lead character in the first series or season um, is, yeah, like is married, has two young children, and then hears on the news about a series of crimes that have been committed and starts to see sort of a pattern in it and basically like gets her old code-breaking buddies back together and they solve crimes. That's so cool. Oh. Like pilgrims. Yeah. It's that amazing. sounds awesome. Yeah. So the... Um, I've only watched the first series so far. It was three episodes, all about the same. Like they were solving one crime for the three episodes. Mm -hmm. But the one of the lead actresses in that series was Anna Maxwell Martin, who played Elizabeth Darcy in Death Comes to Pemberley. Oh, she's lovely. Fine. I liked her a lot. Um, yeah, so highly recommend. And then we were actually talking in the car today about Agent Carter, and I was like, I want a crossover between Bletchley Circle and Agent Carter, because it's all the same time period and kind of, like, a lot of the same issues, like, some of them are not super happy in their marriages, or, like, with the, sort of, there was so much freedom for women during the war because they needed to do yeah, certain work, mm -hmm. and then the 50s, there was a huge, again, like, restriction of the freedoms of women, mm -hmm. so definitely talks a lot about that, like, nobody really trusts, like, believes them when they say, like, they're telling things to the police that are, like based on science and math and stuff, and the police was like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. And, like, this woman, when she tries to go to talk to, like, this isn't a spoiler, it happens, like, really early on in the first episode, goes to talk to the police officers, and, like, her husband comes with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and they, like, all are pretending to have a book club, basically, so that huh, they can, like, get out of the house. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's really, really great. I liked it a lot, and I'm really excited to watch the rest. It is sad. I think there's only a total of seven episodes or something, but they're all about an hour long, so it's like a good little sort of mini series situation. That great. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. Who wants to go next? Although, um, so recommended. I saw on her Twitter our lovely friend Lonnie Dianrich. Um, Hi, Lonnie. Somebody recommended to her um, this new podcast which is a moo point podcast <laughs> a friend's podcast which um the timing couldn't have been more perfect i would literally when i discovered it i had 15 minutes left in the series finale of friends i watched it cried all crying and then just kind of started again <laughs> netflix is a dangerous place yes um, it is is this podcast are they doing episode by episode or yeah so they do two episodes a podcast episode um and what the premise is is that they're two really long friends 
Um, and one who loves Friends is basically, I think she's a couple years older than us, and she's very similar to us with her love of Friends and her absolute, like, nerdy knowledge of all of the things Friends, like, knows everything, um, knows all of, like, this, like, way more trivia about Friends than I do, and so that's really interesting to know about, um, and then her friend has only ever watched a couple episodes here and there, and he hates it. Why? Because he's only ever watched a couple episodes. And yeah. Oh. And depending on the episodes you watch, and I think there's a yeah. lot of friends that if you don't care about the characters... Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so they're starting from the beginning, and her goal is to make him like friends. And they go oh. by, and they uh, they do it as a recap. Um, like, they just go through the episode and talk about it, and at the end they talk about whether or not he liked it, and there's a scoring system, and there's all sorts of inside podcast jokes already. I'm only on, like, episode five or six nice. so um, so far I'm really enjoying it and it's a great um, way to there's a lot I used to have a book about friends a trivia book <laughs> adorable I know um, and a lot of the stuff that they talk about because we're obviously still in the first season a lot of the stuff they talk about was in that book so mm-hmm. it's like double nostalgia it's like nostalgia about friends and nostalgia about reading this book about friends because I was real weirdo it was before the internet or before i had major access to internet so i had to like learn about it that way because imdb didn't exist yet i hear Mm you so i'm really enjoying it kind of binging it a bit binging the podcast and then binging the first season of friends because when i started my rewatch it was the middle of season two so hopefully i will actually stop watching friends and not just (laughs) cycle through it again because that's a really big commitment Mm -hmm. of really bad clothing yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Highly recommended. Also, the name kind of drew me in because obviously you guys know that's one of my absolutely 100% favorite lines. Yeah. Moo um, point. Yeah. yeah. We, as a, like our friend, our wider friend group uses it a lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's yeah, really fun. I'm afraid that it will trap me back into rewatching Friends, which I just <laughs> did. I did the. Full rewatch from pilot to season to series finale, yeah. like just a month or so ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. I am afraid. Well, <laughs> if it wasn't that long ago, you'd probably be okay. Because I started because I hadn't watched the pilot in a really really long time. Usually when I watch season one, it's like the sporadic really good ones, like mm-hmm. the blackout and poker and the one with the stone guy with the tartlets. Um, so I, like, when they were talking about the pilot, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that I just don't remember at all. So I wanted to watch that one, and then it kind of went from there. So if you just watched it, I think you'd probably be okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Good to know. What's your recommendation? My recommendation this week is a YouTube channel. I am recommending the Honest Trailers YouTube. Screen Junkies? Screen Junkies. Yes. So the Screen Junkies is the channel. The Honest Trailers are a video series they do every Tuesday. And it's my favorite part of any Tuesday. (laughs) Quite honestly. Um, They're so funny. And they just brighten my day, even if they do it. So what happens is every Tuesday they put out what's called an honest trailer, and it's a trailer for a movie that has come out already. Um, Frequently, it's a trailer for a movie that... So, for example, they recently just did an honest trailer for Pirates of the Caribbean because Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Mm -hmm. which, seriously, was coming out. I don't think it did. So it was really good. So it's... um, 
it's usually something that's very timely. You know, they do like a Star Wars one before a new Star Wars movie mm-hmm. comes out. Um, or they will do, they did like a Batman. Um, yeah, and they did Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Beauty before Beauty and the Beast, came, the Beast came out. Um, so they're really, they're just really on top of it. But they also do old movies like they did. January was Fan Appreciation Month and they let fans vote on what older movies they wanted to see on his trailers, so they did Princess Bride and Space Jam, <laughs> and the honest trailer is a usually about like four and a half, five minute long video that is supposed to be a trailer for this movie, but just completely brutally honest, and it kind of like gently poking fun at, or sometimes not so gently poking fun <laughs> at the film. And I just love it. I love it so much. And I've needed some good laughs recently. And so I've been like re-watching yeah, I do that all the yeah. old Honest trailers. And yeah, they put out a new one every Tuesday. And I am like always really, really mm-hmm. excited to see what it is. And I just highly recommend. And I would love to know what your favorites are. Mm-hmm. One thing I learned in another pod- from another podcast was that um, the Russo brothers who made... Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Captain America Winter Soldier, that one of their goals to making that movie was <laughs> to make sure that their Honest Trailer was really good, which it was. If yeah. you watch the Honest Trailer for Captain America um, Winter Soldier, yeah. they just talk about how it's a really good movie, and then they all they have to do is nitpick it. Yeah. And it's yeah. really funny. And then later, Screen Junkies had the Russo brothers on yeah. to critique their Honest Trailer. They were like so happy that they were able to make a movie that Screen Junkies liked. Um, they're so cute so and they've definitely like made their they started out as just I don't know some guys I don't know the history of screen movies but they are like part of the dialogue and like for musical movies sometimes they have like people on to do like a parody of a song change the lyrics lyrics. yeah the Frozen one's really good the uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one was really good. Did you see the Social Network one? I missed it. Yes. I watched it the other day. It yes. was good. They're just so good. Yeah. And I always get a kick out of the jokes. It can be a movie I've never seen, and I'll still really yeah. enjoy the Honest Trailer for it. Although I think that sometimes it is better if you've seen the movie, because yeah. Yeah. it plays into like the continuity and, and what happens in the yeah. film. But and even when it's a movie that I love and they tear apart, it's like... I don't disagree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's not offensive. Like, they're not mean to people who like the movies that they yeah. Yeah. are brutally honest about. No, yeah, there's so many. There was all of the Star Wars ones have been fantastic. Frozen, I think, might be my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. They did... Oh, oh, Divergent. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's my favorite. All That's the Hunger Games ones are so good. Like, they're just, they're just so good. So, first of all, hats off to Screen Junkies. Because you continue to impress me, and you really are the best part of every Tuesday. And I just hi- I think that it's a short time commitment yeah. as a recommendation. You can just go and watch one for four minutes and give yourself a good laugh. Good job. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to uh, do us for today. Another episode in the can. Go team. And yeah, and when uh, we get back, whenever our back, uh, we come back again, we'll hear all about the adventures of Charlie's drunken adventures. <gasps> Charlie drinks. A little bit. <laughs> drinks like, like a, a fish. fish. <laughs> on that really bad note. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.
can subscribe to LifeWise Podcast by searching for LifeWise for Life on all your favorite uh, podcast apps. You can follow us on social media at LifeWise for Life. On Twitter, it's the number four, but otherwise it's spelled out. And you can check out our website at LifeWivesPodcast.com. Thanks, everybody. Yay!